Welcome to Power, Strength and Vulnerability, the mental health podcast. It's time to make mental health a normal conversation with your host, Shane Kelton. Hi, welcome to another podcast. I'm your host, Shane Kelton, and today I'm going to talk to you about psychologists, the effects that psychologists have had on my life and the way they've helped guide me and get me through. So basically, there's a really bad stigma attached to seeing someone and speaking up to someone. Now, a lot of people I meet say, talk about how they've been and that it wasn't for them. And that's a recurring theme I kind of hear all the time. And it's one of those things where I think, well, did you actually give it a proper go? Now, I'm not having a go at anyone for saying that or not having a proper go of it because I was actually in that same situation. When I first started going through a lot of my mental health stuff, I was told to go see someone and I actually went and saw someone in year 12 and so it was the school counsellor and he was really worried about me and how I wasn't, didn't really have much to go on with after high school. I didn't have any really big goals I was striving for and I was a bit lost and he said, kind of said to me at that point, I needed some goals to really work towards to keep my mental health in check. So I went away with that and I'm like, oh, cool, I'll never need to speak to someone again kind of thing. And then as I started to gradually get worse with my depression before I hit the age of 21, I actually went and saw a psychologist uh, once and it was one of those things where I went in and poured a little bit of my heart out of what was going on at the time but didn't really delve into too much detail about my life and basically walked away and I actually felt a little bit better because I let a little bit off my chest and I walked away and I was thinking, yes, I'm I'm, I'm better, I'm going to make a fist at this, I can do this on my own now and um, it helped so I can move on. But I was incredibly wrong because that was when I found myself that I actually t- tried to take my own life. And I know if I'd gone back, m- maybe it wouldn't have got to that stage but in saying that, things do happen for a reason. So after that, I um, after the, I tried to take my own life, it was one of those things where I knew I had to speak to someone, a professional, about it because the people closest to me, I'd, I'd basically bite their heads off um, at this at, at anything really, and I just didn't feel comfortable talking to strangers too much about it. That could have that judgment on me, so I knew that a psychologist wouldn't be able to judge me. So I actually went and saw a psychologist and. Yet again, it helped me. It felt really good. And I went to two or three sessions. I remember the lady um, did, did it from her, like she had like a little work office at her home. And I felt really comfortable and I felt like I, I was really helping me. So I stopped going again. And uh, over time, I basically decreased. My mental health decreased. And I found myself back in the same situation I was before where I was wanting to tap my own life and I didn't know how to get out of those feelings that I was getting to. And that was a lesson for me right then and there is that I actually needed to continue to see this person. Now, what I've learned over the last nine years through all of this is that there's a couple of key things we need to take into account when we see a psychologist. We actually need to be honest with ourselves so we can be honest with them. We also actually need to want the help going forward. So you can get guidance with anything. And if you don't actually want to help yourself, 
you won't help yourself. Now, I was going through a period of time where it was actually easier to be sad. It was easier to be depressed. It was easy to drink. It was easy to um, gamble. It was easy to do all those self-destructive things because that was what I knew. Now, speaking to someone was hard. It was different. And then taking that guidance that they were giving me and implementing it into my life was extremely hard because it was changed. I was changing habits. When you're trying to change habits, it's a really hard thing to do. So that was one of the things I learned is that I actually needed to help myself. I needed to admit it, that I needed help, and I needed to then implement those things going forward. The other thing to that is, and I always talk about this in schools or even at footy clubs and netball clubs, when you look around a room, a classroom or a footy club or a cricket club or a netball club, even your own work off workplace, the fact is you won't get along with everyone the same. Think about those other kids in the classroom. Would you hang out with all of them on weekends? Unlikely you will. Would you hang out with everyone in your office? If you've got 10 to 15 people in your office, I really doubt that. You'll connect on a, a really high level with every single one of those people in the room. You may, and that's fantastic. But what we've got to realise is that psychologists, psychologists are human beings as well. They've got their own values. They've got their own beliefs. Now, what's really important is that you find someone that has very similar values and beliefs and someone that you can really get along with on a one-on-one personal level, someone that you can build a trust and rapport with. Now, a lot of people will stop after one, two, three, maybe four sessions with the psychologist. And I think that's extremely risky because when you look, think about it, would you trust someone with your life within four hours? You wouldn't get into a serious relationship with someone after knowing them for four hours, after talking to them for four hours. You wouldn't get married to someone. You wouldn't have kids with someone. You wouldn't do much in this world without getting to know someone for more than four hours. So why would you think it's different with a psychologist or a counsellor? You need to build trust with them and rapport with them over a long period of time. You need to implement the skills and the guidance that they give you So when you go forward, that's building that trust and rapport. If you don't put the things into action that they tell you to do, then what will happen is that you won't trust them and you won't be building that rapport. You'll think they're doing no good to you. But if you actually listen and you incorporate what they tell you to do and it helps, you'll start to trust them. So you'll start to open up more. Now, when we start opening up about the things We don't realise, but there's so much more underneath the surface that we can talk about. So it's really important that we go into detail with them because there might be some things that are you might not think is important but might be really important for them. Because suicide, depression, anxiety aren't just things that happen. They can happen for reasons. And by talking about these things openly to someone who doesn't know you on a like a friendship level, they can have an unbiased, unemotional opinion. They can see things from a different perspective, a perspective you can't see. Now, I use another example of I'm a personal trainer. I can't help everyone. I've got the skills to help everyone, but people don't all get along with who I am, my values, my beliefs. So... 
I'll say no to people in consults because I don't think I'm the best person to help them. If they're not committed, if they're not willing to, to sacrifice things, then they aren't the right person to work for me. And likewise, they might turn around and say, I just don't think you're the right person to work with. And it's hard to hear sometimes. But you've got to work with someone that's going to help you going forward. So if you sit with someone for three or four sessions and it really you see, you think it's really not working and you're really doing everything they're telling you to do, you need to find someone else. Don't give up. For me, personally, it's my, I'm on my seventh psychologist. My first four or five, I didn't want the help and I didn't let them in properly. So it was very important for me to actually do that going forward. And my, my sixth psychologist, pardon me, my sixth psychologist was the one that really got through to me and then unfortunately he moved a bit further away and our schedules didn't line up too well. So I found another one and I found that they were two completely different people but they both helped me on a level that I needed help and security. What I want to add to finish this podcast off is I know psychologists are just one aspect of mental health and I've learned that over time. You actually need to have many avenues to fall back onto. So personally for me, I used to always rely on money and fit. No, sorry, I'll say it, start again. I used to always start on, I used to always rely on females and I always used to rely on fitness and health. Until about two years ago when I found out that I had a genetic hip issue and it basically stopped me from doing any fitness work for six months couldn't run, couldn't train, basically couldn't do much until I had the operation. And then after the operation, I was just in rehab, but it was pretty lonely. And I didn't have a girlfriend at the time or a girl on the scene. So I actually got quite depressed and the depression set in and the suicidal thoughts set in. And what I learned through that period of time is that you can't rely on one or two things. You can't rely on a partner. You can't rely on kids. You can't rely on a coach or a mentor. You need to have about 15 to 20 things that you could fall back onto. So for me, like I bought a kitten, unfortunately, who has to live at mum's now. Um, I have two dogs. I like walking sometimes. Sometimes I'll read, study. Then there'll be things uh, like watching TV sometimes, uh, watching my favourite shows. But the the really careful thing with that is some of these things are quite destructive. So I need to be very careful in how I approach them, how often I do them, how long I do them for. So what I do is try and build a strong routine and rhythm. So I train in the mornings and I get all the right food in because they're two avenues that I use to make myself mentally and physically feel better. I also like work most of the time. Um, and I've also picked up a coaching job for a football club. So that's another passion of mine that I'd like to do. I play cricket, hang out with friends, hang out with family. So what I suggest you do is you write a list of 20 to 25 things that you actually enjoy doing. And when you're feeling down, pick apart that list. Because what will happen is sometimes those things won't be possible. The other week, I wanted to catch up with mates and they were all busy. I wanted to go play golf with mates. So I wanted to kill two birds with one stone, be active and catch up with mates. Unfortunately, all my mates were busy, so I needed to find something else to do. So I actually watched the cricket and I did some food prep, which made me feel really good about myself going forward. 
And that's one of the important things is that you've got to have lots of different avenues to work with to really help yourself going forward. Without those different avenues, if something gets ripped out from under you, if there's a tragedy in your life, there's something that really sets you off, then you need those other things to sort of pull you back into line. So that's that's a really important message that I wanted to get across today is, you know, don't give up. Keep reaching out to psychologists, build that trust and rapport, be honest with yourself, be honest with them, but also have lots of other facets of life that you can fall back onto if something isn't working out. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you tune into the next podcast. Remember, speak up. Thanks for listening to Power, Strength and Vulnerability, the mental health podcast. If anything in this podcast has brought up difficult feelings, please call Lifeline on 13 1144. For any further information, or if you want to bring your story to life, contact Shane at shane at vitalityfit.com.au. That's V-I-T-A-L-I-T-Y-F-I-T-T dot com dot A-U.